You're listening to Terrific Con presents the Power Cosmic Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to everything you love. That's comic books, TV, movies, collectibles, and more. Brought to you by Mitchell A.S. Halleck, the producer of Terrific Con, the world's greatest comic con every summer at the Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut. Join Mitch and his special guest, Jerry Ordway, and his pals all across the comic fandom as they talk about the things you love. Now, sit back, get ready, and listen to today's episode of the Power Cosmic Podcast. I don't eat home book home good stuff. Like people would bring stuff to work. I don't know if well DC you guys weren't there. But in the office people would always bring like, oh so and so the secretary the receptionist made cookies and she'd leave them in the kitchen. And some people would come right in and just start down and but I was always a little hesitant because I was always like, Yeah, I don't know. She seems kinda sketchy. Well seeing like the internet where you I mean I've been What there's videos of stuff? Oh I don't wanna know. I've been watching like videos where people are like Bacon stuff, and there's a cat sitting on the table. Oh, yeah, like, right? Yeah, yeah. I, love yeah. I mean, all I love the, pets, but I don't think I'd love to eat their no, hair. No, all those like home cooking shows, people are, oh, we're recording. Now. Yeah. That's, and this is what the show's about today. Today, forget about the comic <laughs> books. We're going to talk about cooking shows. Um, no, so tomorrow, I might strive for fame and fortune on the Mitch and Ed's Excellent Adventure show. We're doing the 40th anniversary of the Flash Gordon movie starring Sam Jones because it came out 40 years ago at Christmas time in 1980. I saw it in theaters. I did not. And uh, for the last 40 years, you know when I finally watched it? Two weeks ago. And it took me two viewings to get through it all because I was just sitting there like, what the hell? And then I turned it off halfway through. And believe it or not, I went to go look for it on YouTube Mm because I I couldn't find my DVD of it. And I saw the original one with Buster Kraft. And it was like an epiphany because I realize now that that movie, which came out in 1980, and Buster Crab came out in 1936 or so, 37, 40, 40 years later. 40s, yeah. Yeah, okay. It's an homage to that movie, so much so that I didn't realize that Brian Blessed, who plays like the King of the Hawkmen, you know, the big guy with the beard, whoa, ho, ho, ho. He's doing an imitation of the guy from the serial. But was, wasn't, their costumes are the same, which yeah. I didn't know that. I was like, oh my God, that's the same costume. And the guy had a big beard, and he acted that way. But King, that's in the comic. But King Valeria? He looks like the comic. Oh, okay. I mean, well, he had a big beard. He yeah, had, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but he's a big, guy loud, burly guy. Like, oh, you're alive, Flash Gordon. Oh, ho, ho. But I just don't know what it is. Now, you know Sam Jones was dubbed in that movie. I don't know if you knew that. Sam told me that. He had a fight with Dino De Laurentiis, who was the producer of the show. So he never went back for the what they call ADR, which mm-hmm. is the additional dialogue recording or something. Right. So he never recorded his stuff. That's a different actor. Do you hear it throughout the whole movie? That's not Sam Jones. Why would Jones. you give that up, even if you're having a fight? I. It must have been a bad fight, and uh, he didn't. He didn't do it. So that whole performance, like Clinton Spilsbury, in the Legend of the Lone Ranger, that's not his voice. I think it's James Keach or yeah, Stacy Keach. Stacy Keach is brother James. Yeah. So. That bothers me because I want to watch that movie, and the whole time I'm thinking, "Well, that's not Sam Jones. Yeah. He doesn't sound that way." I never knew that he didn't do his. I, I, Lou Ferrigno told me that's so how I found whole, out. His, the whole think, movie yeah, is not to, him. That's not his voice at all. It's and hard it, to handle. And the other actor was actually uh, on screen actor and other stuff because Ed told me it just bothers but, you me. You know, during that time, wasn't that also Andy McDowell was dubbed by? Oh, that was in Greystoke. Yeah. She was... Uh, she was dubbed by Meryl Streep or something? No, 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 no. It was... I met her. Uh, the blonde Close. lady. Glenn Close. Yeah. She dubbed her because... Which is crazy. She had, she had a southern accent, they thought. Yeah. So... But think about that. But that was Richard Attenborough. Then you're just like a meat puppet. That's all... That's all this... Well, that's all this is. And uh, so anyway, so I go to watch the movie. I sat down. You can tell me your reaction. You saw it in the theater. I think I never watched it for years because every time I'd see it, the, 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 the special effects look so cheesy. Yeah. It took me right out of it. Yeah. Like, I can't watch this because you could tell it's blue screen. You could tell it's... Yeah. That's the, it looks like a Broadway play. Or remember those 80s... Not 80s well, remember you the never Oscars? Saw, you're, you're, 
probably too young to have experienced Barbarella. No, I know of it. I remember so Jane Fonda. A, well, and it, again, it was an, there was an Italian production value. Yeah. So it was very much an homage to Alex Raymond's drawings. Yes. But in the flying in the face of Star Wars having come out. Right. Kind of reinventing special effects, reinventing the idea of spaceships and all that stuff. Yeah. They tried to do this retro thing, and it had that lurid kind of color palette. It was crazy. That was also part of the Italian, you know, the, the cinematographers yeah. and all that. Yeah. I mean, it's not a it's not a bad thing. It's just no, culturally, it's, I think culturally well, that Dino is De set aside. Is an Italian. And Dino De Laurentiis yeah. did this very same thing with David Lynch on Dune. Oh, you think so? Dune has that like lurid color Craziness, palette. Craziness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very much a European kind of feel. Yeah. You know. So but maybe again, maybe they approached it, just it took as. Me out of it, though. But it they're approaching like it as show. some kind of homage. But yeah. in a way, if you look at it, think of it as how an opera stage. Yes, it looks like a Broadway play. Yeah. So yeah. that's rather than being staged as a film, it's staged as an opera. It, it, I very said, colorful, very theatrical. This very, looks like yeah. a play. Yeah. It doesn't a, look like science fiction. The sets look like a play. Right. The costumes. That's the problem big bright red colors and yellows and stuff I mean I like aspects of it did it do well in the theaters no okay no I didn't think so and we had survived Doc Savage which is is similar but Doc Savage Savage was yeah Doc Savage was just bad yeah the effects were bad and and it was too campy it didn't know what it wanted to be I mean there's the best part of Doc Savage is the opening opening. yeah because the opening is the first book yeah it's this whole thing on the skyscrapers. The skyscraper and the fight, and then they show and them then the, they the just, Fortress of Solitude, they just, they and then it goes out the window. Yeah, they just embrace the campiness. Yeah. With Flash Gordon, there's good moments in there, like the moments with Prince Baron, Timothy uh, Dalton. Dalton. Yeah. That stuff is great, and having to put his hand in the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they have the fight I mean, with the were, spikes. Yeah, there was a lot of good stuff in there, but like them, you know, like Dale Arden doing the clapping is yeah, go Flash go, go and he's throwing like, the football the thing at yeah. people and hitting them in the head and stuff. Yeah, it was, was just, just stupid. Like Batman, but in that 66 era, Batman. we also had Superman too. Yeah, the, the influence of of uh, the guy who took over for Richard Donner, oh, um, Richard Lester, which was again campy. Yeah, kind of ruined. Those things ruined whatever good. Superman? Superman and See, Star I like Wars. the Superman 2. You I like Superman like 1. I just didn't like I didn't, 2. See, I like 2 better than 1. Superman 1 had heart. Superman 2 just had... I thought it had more action in it. That's why I liked it. But again, maybe because of your but age. But there is some of the stuff going on, like when they go into that town, Houston. No, Houston. there was... Right, it's... Yeah, it was too over the top, yeah. you know? I was like, what are you doing here, you know? And I mean, again... You're undoing and it the got fact worse. that I mean, Star Wars wasn't campy. Star no, Wars was serious. played serious, yeah. and it had humor from the Harrison Ford's yeah, character. Yeah, really, right, right. it was in the writing. It wasn't the sets. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Flash Gordon just looks like everybody on that set is embarrassed to be there. Yeah, and there's some people that don't know what movie they're in, like that Brian Blessed. I said. He's in a different movie. He's and like he's great in it. Yeah, but he's like in a pirate movie. Right, but he's great he's as that character. But that would be great if. He was the only over the top or right. the only big. Yeah, because Timothy Dalton's taking it seriously, yeah. and Sam Jones is kind of like just the beefcake jock guy. He's just there, like Tarzan. You can't. I mean, again, and the doc, what's it, Doctor Zarkov? Zarkov, yeah. He's nuts. Who's ever played that guy from Fiddler on the Roof movie? Oh my god, he's another over the top, and even Max von Sydow, who should know better. Yeah, but he's you know, playing it for winks, right. laugh, laugh, laugh. I mean. The difference is in, is in sensibility. The thing to remember is, in 1980... Who directed that movie? Nobody. It was like Mike... Was it Guy Hamilton? No, it wasn't It wasn't a James Bond. It wasn't a Bond guy. It was Mike... Um, I can't remember Whoever it did, just took it like... Yeah. It reminded me, remember that movie, Sergeant, well, there was a guy, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band? Yeah, with the yeah. Bee Gees? With that crazy but there was a direct, disco feel to it. He, this guy who directed Flash Gordon directed a bunch of other movies he was kind of like the guy who did uh, oh so he did do other stuff yeah and the, like the director who the guy who did Death Wish also oh, did a Death ton Wish. of other movies and he was he was kind of the generic guy you know he did a lot of movies like a John Badham or a... yeah kind of somebody that didn't seem to have an individual imprint mm. Michael Winner maybe was the director of a bunch of films in that era <clears throat> 
they were like the old Peter studio Hines guys almost. You know, yeah. they were like the guys who who could do a oh, pirate like movie Weiss. and then do a. You know, what I mean, they yeah, would yeah, be yeah, able yeah, to like jump the, genres. Yeah, like the guy that did Sound of Music, then he did Star Trek. Robert Weiss. Robert Weiss. Yeah, yeah, it was like oh, the big budget Irwin Allen type guys. But I mean, those at least like Robert Weiss had something as like you could go oh here's the style yeah these other guys would just jump like old studio days they movie would jump from yeah. genres and they didn't seem to have any of their own imprint on it you know but why is it such a cult hit though people love that you know movie. what you either I mean, love it or Alex you Ross it. is a big fan of it yes I remember is. that yeah. and the, the, the edition that I have has an Alex yeah, there's Ross a big, insert uh, that's yeah. the one I um he also loved the Shazam TV show. I think it has to do with the How age you were when you yeah. saw it. So if you were like 10 years old, yeah. you probably I would approach 13, it differently than so. if you were, you know, 20. Yeah. Like the Batman TV show. For my generation, I was, you know, nine years old, mm. and it was the greatest thing ever. See, I saw it reruns and I thought it was goofy. Well, see, when I was from... After it ended, and mm. I discovered Marvel Comics, then it was like, wow, this is the stupidest thing yeah, ever. Right? And for 20 years, I hated, oh, it, I hated because it because yeah. it had so much long-lasting yeah. influence. In yeah. other words, it put the, you know, pow, bam, wow mm-hmm. into anything related to comics. It ruined it. So it, it was a yeah. negative for the industry because it kind of typecast I honestly it. didn't appreciate it until the 90s when they did the you Batman, have to let the serious go, stuff. Right. Yeah. You have to let go of it and go, okay, this is its own thing and it had its charm. Yeah. But for many years it defined what Hollywood thought of superheroes, mm. which is the problem. Like, Remember the Superman TV show, George Reeves? Yeah. I liked that more yeah. than I did the Batman show because it was taken seriously. Yeah. And then it got goofy. Yeah. And then those were bad when he's doing the mule stuff yeah. with Chuck Connors yeah. and... The gypsies, I mean, the first couple seasons are actually pretty good. Yeah, they're yeah, low yeah, budget, yeah. but they're very much. But cold. then it gets wacky. Yeah. When it gets in color, it goes off yeah. the rails. Yeah. But I mean, again, it's 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 probably a lot of this stuff is. Did you ever see the Flash Gordon, Buck Rogers? I mean, uh, I Buster Crab. I watched them. I just never liked them. No, I actually I like. They were pretty. Buster Crab is. I like Buster Crab as Buck Rogers better. Yeah. I never. Because, I don't think I saw that. Oh one no, either. that was on Channel Nine. In uh, when I was a kid, they used to show reruns. Were they of doing it compilations into a movie? No, you, every week you'd watch a new episode. The problem I have was it was hard to watch the serials without getting fatigued after three episodes because well, I there's so the, much repetition. I watched. It was called Rocket Ship, yeah. which was just the com- compilation of the Flash Gordon serial in a two uh, like an hour and a right. half movie. Right. That's the one I watched. I remember the uh, like the robot guy the king of the rocket man or whatever yeah I saw that yeah but that, that was fun drawn out but Spy Smasher all the best things. the best one ultimately to me Shazam was the Shazam yeah that was because it actually doesn't fatigue you there mm-hmm. was a, a little bit of a variety to it I saw one called Lost City of the Jungle once, which was pretty good. The Batman ones are horrible. Yeah, yeah Batman's pretty bad. Yeah, he's got the big gut hanging out. Well, he's, he's going to the Bats Cave. Yeah. You know, that's always I know, I like the and fact the that there's like a bat and rubber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just driving the but same car. he's got a car. phone and a desk. He's got the same got car that Bruce Wayne has. It's yeah. like, didn't anyone think I just like the phone and the desk. Like, he's sitting know. in the Bat Cave, but it's like, well, there's a desk. <laughs> yeah, you know, the... We got a new desk for upstairs, so we got to get to move I, this one I, into I the like, bats cave. I like Robin was like forty years old <laughs> yeah. and like in some weird shorts. It's like, what's going on there? Right, you know. And they, I think the the bad guy was like this the spider or something. He had a mask yeah, with yeah. a spider face on it. Yeah, some funny. of those were good. Spy Smasher was but again, good. I watched that. You know, one. Yeah, Spy Smasher actually is good. The thing you have to, it's again, it's, it's hard time. to watch it. If you were a kid and yeah. you watched it spaced out each week, and that was it, there was you no wouldn't re-one. get fatigued no. by the recap or the fact that oh look the guy, the car explodes on the bridge, yeah, and, and then, then the next one it's out. like oh he jumped out before, but shouldn't you have seen something? No, 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 no. And then Zoro's fighting Legion. There were some that were actually pretty yeah. decent. I saw some. Well, and it, again, they they had a level of uh, production, but they were working as fast as possible. They well, were Flash like the Roger Corman of their days. That was, that was a big budget movie. I'm pretty sure Dino spent money on that thing. Yeah, I don't know. But the oh, special no, no. effects yeah, but, uh, who just knows? so... I don't know. I, again... I saw his... King, is, did you ever see King Kong that he did with Jeff Bridges? Yeah, no, I, I saw that I like that one. Yeah. yeah, that well, was... Because it had more of a 1970s... Well, Jessica Lange in it. But it had a 1970s environmental... Yeah, it did. ...side. Jeff Bridges' character was like the... Uh, yeah, perfect 1970s like the green guy. Piece type of guy. Whereas yeah. the 30s, it's like, hey, that was the era of, you know, we come in, we blow up the jungle, <laughs> and, <laughs> and we much. take the 
the uh, whatever. Well, that was based on a real guy, you know, the guy that made King Kong the movie, not King Kong, obviously. But weren't those but the, the act, the, right? But the, the director, producer or guy, yeah, yeah, the yeah, Shem, yeah. Schoenbeck or whatever. Yeah, they yeah, did. Yeah. They would go into. They would Africa just take a camera yeah, and then yeah. go out to like the Himalayas yeah. and film the Sherpas. Yeah, and they, they would film. Right. Here it is. This is it. Reality. Right. But that's how he made his fortune. I remember. Yeah. No, he went in. He and they used. They used a lot of the stock yeah. footage in movies yeah. for years. Yeah, like an alligator about to eat a kid. Yeah. We're going to make a movie out of it. Right. And they would just do Sorry, that. Sorry, kid. No, but I... I <laughs> if I stop the I camera now, I'd lose he, this. He's got an interesting life story, that guy. Yeah, they did a... There was a documentary on the King Kong thing about him. About him? Yeah. Because yeah. he went on to... Because it was him say, and the great. other guy. They both... Color film footage or something? Well, or they, they, they would go on these expeditions and just yeah. take tons of footage. Yeah. yeah, but I think he went on to, like create something or was involved with some kind of big deal the thing that's to me it's again weird. the biggest thing with with like say flash gordon is but you read 19, the comic but in 1980 flash gordon still ran in the local newspaper that i mean i, I still read the comic strips mm-hmm. but they had no relation to the 1930s which was the peak yeah so flash gordon peaked with alex raymond because mm-hmm. nobody can tell you otherwise you know what i mean it was it was like the big thing and it inspired Superman and inspired every oh, comic yeah, everybody. book yeah, yeah all the science you know, and he oh turn, Flash Gordon's before Superman yeah oh I thought it was the he same he in turn time. was inspired by Hal Foster's Tarzan Hal Foster did Hal Foster Tarzan, did Tarzan too? in early 30s oh I didn't know before he did Prince Valiant and yeah. uh, he was like the artist artist and Alex Raymond you know was certainly inspired by that but once Flash Gordon hit Flash Gordon was like the big thing mm. 1935-ish, you know? Yeah. So, if you were a 15-year-old Bob Kane or whoever... You say, I want to be that guy. You, that was yeah. your... That was the thing you dipped into. Yeah, So, yeah, that's yeah. why Superman, you know, is so influenced by it. No, you're right, because I can remember the little rascals where they have that fight. Who's stronger, Flash Gordon or Tarzan? Yeah. And they were asking Mr. Hood. He's like, I don't know what's going on, you kids. I mean, Flash like, Gordon or That's important. Again, everybody always looks at pop culture without the context. yeah. You know, you have to look at what the backdrop was to just say, like, something... Like, you, you read, you know, you see documentaries now. This is yeah. a good case. Like, Disney doing the Marvel 616. Six, yeah. So if you watch that, or any specifically company-produced documentary about one of their characters, mm. like DC did it with the Shazam thing, they did mm. Superman. Batman, yeah. Batman. They're going to produce this thing, and they're not legally allowed to address the things that inspired Batman or inspired well, they can't Superman. talk about Bill Finger and well they can talk about people but they can't talk about like you know say Batman the shadow yeah. or the bat from the pulps you know or any of those things that inspired it because that's kind of off limits so, oh really so they get kind of sandboxed not to use my term again yeah, yeah, yeah. but they get kind of sandboxed and you don't get the historical context you can say Superman was created in the backdrop of you know Nazi Germany rising and all that stuff but pop culture is always influenced by what came out in the time of those creators. Yeah. You know, what you saw as a kid influenced what you did when you were 20. Mm. Or what type of thing you liked, you know. But they don't talk about that. And they can't. Oh. So, like, with, you know, watching, I was watching the Marvel thing, and I'm thinking, well, you really can't say Marvel came out of nowhere. Yeah. Because a big example is... Captain America wouldn't exist without Superman. Yeah. Because it's always about, it's not about, oh, you did this really interesting, quirky thing. It's about, wow, this thing is making a ton of money. Mm. We want a Superman, you know, or whatever. So you can't do any documentary, you know, company wise. Mm-hmm. You really can't. Yeah. Because the company's not allowed to refer to their competition. So you see a lot of stuff where you lose the context of, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Fantastic Four. Well, was the challenge is the unknown. It came from the fact that Justice League sold tremendously. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. You know, yeah. And Jack Kirby doing Fantastic Four becomes oh, here's his template. It's the challenge of the unknown. Right, right. So you know, I mean, you lose the context, therefore you lose a little bit of where it came from. Mm-hmm. It didn't. No creation comes out of thin air. No, I know. You know, just like the Dazzler came out of disco. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, that came out of an era specific. And there's supposed to be a Bo Derek movie. But I'm just saying. Which I wonder, was that, that like, fits. is that because they came to them, they said, oh, we want a superhero with Bo Derek, so make a character, or they made a character first and then tried to make a movie? They pro- probably Stan Lee trying to sell it in oh, Hollywood. Yeah. They were yeah. hustling that thing. Yeah. Because like, that was when they were owned by New, I think, wasn't that 
was that Dazzler was late seventies. Yeah, late seventies, early. And when did New Line yeah. buy them? Oh, that was eighties. Yeah. So, but seventies was when Stan went to Hollywood and was, was selling trying all to the sell Marvel everything. Stuff. Yeah, Spider Woman, She Hulk, yeah. all that stuff. And they made they did get them in cartoons. Mm. So she, she Spider Woman was, was a seventy nine. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, again, all that stuff exists. You know, they always say like, what was the zeitgeist? Like, mm. what was happening in society? I mean, all the stuff that I read. I'm surprised there's not more internet superheroes nowadays. I don't know if the internet... That have gone well, I think you... I think what we're... Yeah, what we're... If you look you at what's do that. now... Yeah, but you could do something in, in reach of mass audience more than a comic book if you did it right. Oh, yeah. Well, look, but no one's doing it right. I didn't see it. When's the last time you ever heard somebody go, oh, that's an internet comic? You never do. Yeah, but stuff comes out that doesn't make that doesn't hit the comic market mm-hmm. that we're oblivious to that's still big. I mean, the fact that that was in Raina Telgemeier. Telgemeier oh, Telg- yes. Yeah, she's author. like the yeah. uh, best-selling... YA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's comic-type stuff, but yeah. it's done through like big bookstores, yeah. not yeah. through... And through book publishers, not through right. DC, Marvel, or Diamond. Well, that guy Pinsky that does the Dogman books yeah. and Captain yeah. Underpants is huge. And those things are huge, yeah, but they're, they're not in our in our little arena. Yeah. R.L. So, Stein and Goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. And that stuff, uh, there's a lot of money made in that publishing with that. It's just not related it's to not Marvel or DC. Yeah. You know? But they're not making big billion-dollar movies about it either. Well, or TV shows. Well, you know what, though? I just take that back. Hench Girl... Um, Kristen Gutznick, who comes to the shows from Connecticut, right? She just sold her Hench Girl series, I think, to Netflix, maybe. Or oh yeah. As a, I don't know how, but they're going to make that a, uh, a TV series. No, I think that's kind of cool, but again, it it doesn't have the same. But it's very small compared to like, a Marvel uh, or DC. What well, last year when you had the the what was that Umbrella series? Academy. No, the series that was on ABC that uh, the girl from Shield. What do you mean? She was on the. Um, Who? Chloe I can't think Bennett. Of her name. No, it was a. It was based on the comic, and it ran one season, and then they canceled the second season. Peggy was, Carter. No. Girl from Shield. You talking about? She was on How I Met, Met Your Mother. Oh, Colby Smulders. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Border. Yeah. Yeah. Stumptown. Yeah, that was a yeah. comic it got, property. Yeah, but it got canceled not because of ratings, because of the COVID. No, production. but it was it was canceled because they were going to do a re. I guess they didn't want to invest. They wanted in to move re, it out of Portland or Seattle or something. They were going to do an overhaul or something, and they yeah. just decided. But what I'm saying is, you when you have a property like that, mm-hmm. it's probably got more of an audience in even in that one season on ABC than it necessarily oh, would have gotten from the comic. Oh yeah, yeah. as opposed to oh, we're going to do a Superman series. Well, when that series ends, they're still Superman's still going to be popular. Oh yeah, in comics. Yeah, 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 So I mean, that, not that one's better than the other. It's just that there's, you know, that identifiable. That so, other. So what? like, even in this, when Flash Gordon, getting back to Flash yeah, yeah. Gordon, when Flash Gordon or Doc Savage came out, or the Shadow movie, yeah. right? Which I like. Alex Ball, I like that one. But Alex when you Ball. look at those things, those properties like Lone Ranger, mm-hmm. and Drake, the Magician, Phantom. Those are all so old as yeah. properties that it's hard to have the same impact because the generation that that was relevant to are dead. Yeah, Pretty it was much, so yeah. long ago. Yeah, you know, like when was that your favorite thing? It's amazing that they had like Namor so they're, they're and still, Human Torch. They still have some. Yeah. They still have some maybe recognition, but there's no. Um, oh yeah, successful aura about them because they were successful in a different era. Yeah, you but know? they never made another Flash Gordon movie, yeah. which kind of shows. They tried it, it on they've TV. They've tried TV shows a couple times. Yeah. They had the comics. I think, did Jurgens do a Flash Gordon comic? Early in the 80s. And then there that. was another yeah. one. I think it ran on. I still remember the thing that Dan did was. Sunrunners? He had like a guy peeing on something. What? And it was like a big. Did you ever read that? The Sunrunners? It was a 12. No, the, the Flash Gordon thing he did. No. I do I'm sure it was remember. Flash Gordon. It was like a Flash Gordon was taking a leak on somebody. It was a wasn't it like a maxi series or something? Probably. But it, it was like it opened with he was trying to prove some point, like how cool the guy, tough guy was, or something like he was peeing on something. Oh, jeez, Louise! But again, no, I don't remember. That's got that. nothing to do with anything. The the thing is with those properties, like it sounds uh, like Splash Gordon. Yeah, but Dynamite did yeah. the Flash Gordon, the King Feature stuff yeah, more recently, did. and yeah. Jeff Parker and. Um, 
uh, the guy who's working on the, um, boy, I feel like it's your buddy. You know, your buddy, Who? Evan uh, Shainer. Shainer. Yeah. They did, like, some Flash Gordon and some King Feature stuff for Dynamite a couple mm-hmm. years ago. That was really fun. Mm-hmm. It just, it, what it comes down to is Dynamite only had a license for a certain period of time. Oh, I see. So, you know, and they're not paying the best rates. No. So no. it's not like they're going to get sustained but there's been production. Flash Gordon. They, they, they tried those a couple times. There's been cartoons. But, I mean, the, the, all those properties... Sci-fi they, had they could still be successful. You just have to... You don't have to reinvent them totally. Mm. But you have to find something that's interesting about them, and you could do them. Well, like but I said... George Lucas found out that he was better off... Making his own characters. Making his own thing. Based because, on this, because yeah, he yeah. wanted to do Flash Gordon, and they wouldn't give him the rights to it's it. It's like Watchmen versus using the Charlton characters. Yeah, this so you've created, yeah. you know, you've, you kind of create uh, something. Or Black Hammer, which is clearly like a mishmash of Justice League, Justice League and Marvel stuff. Yeah. And it's really well done, but it actually has more impact being Original. different characters yeah. than it would in some respects if it was, oh, it would just be another Justice League story, you know? So yeah, Birdman just didn't do it for me. So what's the point of... of, of Investing in a new Flash Gordon movie, unless you can somehow invigorate it well, and gonna, not just be like knee jerk. Oh, I need to do this. I'm going to talk to Ed, and he's going to tell me why it's the greatest movie ever. Because I said to him, I said we're going to be like night and day on this thing. Well, Ed's Australian. Ed, Ed loves it. He's Australian, and he's, yeah, maybe because he's got that European. They love sense. the Phantom in Australia. They do. It's, they do. Phantom it's a big is their deal. Batman. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, I know. He's told me about that. I'm like, really? He's like, oh, the Phantom's great, but it's I'm because. Like, they, they continued to produce Phantom material for that market. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. So the Phantom, they've been producing comics for the Phantom for years and years and years. Even recently, they still Yeah, I know, I know. Paul Ryan worked on the yeah. Phantom yep. comic books, yep. and they had good good talent on them, and they were... Uh, I would see them at Pat's store. I'd be like, who's buying it? I don't know if it was Moonstone Publishing or King's Features had their own line. It was books. probably licensed, too. Yeah, Moonstone. but it was just an odd thing. Like, Modesty Blaze is another one. That's a big European thing. It was big in France. It was a comic strip. Yeah, but I don't I think it was more something. of a comic What was book? the Aeon Flex? That was another one, that yeah. girl that with the Yeah, that was animated. Weird. Wasn't that a cartoon? It was animated. I was on MTV, but they made a movie with yeah. uh, Charlie Theron. But, I mean, think, you think about it. A property like... But Judge Dredd's another one. Yeah. Judge Dredd's huge in England, but it's okay here. But I mean, if you did a, a property like James Bond is still yes. viable, yeah, they still because they've Bond reinvented books. it, yeah. right? Um, but James Bond was never like a comic book staple, no, right? No. Agent Not X. That it how about be. Agent X Nine? Wasn't there something? Was that yeah. a comic strip? Agent X Nine was a, had a great lineage because it was Dashiell Hammett, Dashiell Hammett who yeah. wrote the Thin Man and Oh, he wrote Falcon. the strip. He wrote the script with Alex Raymond. Yeah, I knew Raymond. So you had these two, you know, and whether, I don't know how much he wrote of it, whether he just wrote it for a while and passed it off to ghost writers or whatever, but it was, that was like putting star power onto a strip. Well, I don't know. But you were were talking about the comic stuff, right? The, uh... I asked you if you'd read Rorschach or... Oh, yeah, we were talking about that, and you said it's based on... Well, I mean, I don't want to give it away. So, all right, we won't. But, do but it. here's the, what what other stuff have you been reading? I said I mentioned I had, Black Hammer. Uh, I caught up on it because I'd had one issue when I'd sort of was organizing comics to read. I found like one issue from 2017, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, okay. I read it, and I went, wow, this is really good. I wish I bought more. Yeah. But I was able to buy trades. You know what I did? I just saw yesterday for the first time. I was looking at the trades. Yes. Joe Gollum. I know of it. I said it's a thing. Isn't I just saw the title. Thing? It is Dark Horse. It stood out as I was looking at the spines on the bookshelves. I go, "Oh, that looks interesting." And then I asked him what it was. He said it's like a supernatural detective story. And I'm yeah. like, "Oh, like a Hellboy type of thing." But I'm like, "All right," because it's nice to find new stuff that you don't yeah. know. It's not based on forty or well, you had mentioned eighty the, years of Marvel. You had mentioned DC. the Butcher of Paris. That's out in trade. I and told I, them to put that in no, your I, file. I, I Did you ordered, buy it yesterday? Well, I ordered the trade. Oh, that he was should you? have had it in my file. It was in my file. Oh, he said two came in. I don't know why. And I said, because he, he goes, we had an yeah, extra I'd one. I said, one. make sure you put this in Ordway's thing because yeah. he wants to read the complete book because you guys never got the rest yeah, of no, the issues. Yeah, no, you couldn't get the issues. Yeah. So, yeah, and no, so, no, no that's how. Well, that's that, funny. He didn't know that. Okay. He was actually saying, he goes, yeah, somebody, we had two come in for some reason. Oh, whatever. And I put right? one on the it. shelf. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, well, make sure Ordway gets it. That's funny. 
No, that was a good one. But and, I've been enjoying. Uh, I'm still, still enjoying uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. No, yeah, but those have are you, Marvel the regular ones. comic. But yeah, they, they do a really ones. fun. Yeah. There's a two part story where Marvel Boy, at some kind of like intergalactic meeting, winds up being framed for killing one of the and starting a war. Yeah. And then Rocket Raccoon comes in like Columbo to solve the mystery. It was really good. No, it I was a two-issue uh, thing. It was really good. Really Col- well Columbo, for they some reason, put, they even put Rocket in a, in trench, a trench coat. coat and for some reason, Columbo's making a comeback. I don't know why. I see more and more people talking about Columbo. On, it probably I think people, people discovering are it on Hulu or something. stuck at home. Yeah. But uh, what did I see? Oh, I read that um, question book that Dennis Cowan did with Dilson Kevich, and I'm trying to think of the writer. Oh, was that one of the, it was those the DC black, black labels? labels. Yeah, yeah, I don't think, I, think I, I saw that one. one. I got Solomon Kane, believe it or not, the trade. Oh, you know the Solomon Kane is the is collection of the yeah, stories. Yeah, yeah. It was discounted big time. Yeah, because for some reason I watched the movie during Halloween. It was going. I, do you know IMDb has their own channel? Yeah, and they yeah, have full yeah. length movies yeah. on it. And I'm it's like, it's owned oh. by Amazon. Oh, is it? Oh, because it comes up and I go, what is this? And I watch Crime Stories on there. Yeah. Remember that old yeah. Dennis Freeman? Oh yeah, yeah. Crime Stories on there and Mike Hammer. That was a Michael Mann series. Too. Yes, it was. Yeah. And the thing of it is, I'm like, oh, what's Chicago. this? Chicago. Yeah, I used to love Crime Story, but the thing is, I watched Solomon Kane, which came out in two thousand nine. Was Kevin Sorbo in that? No, that was um, the other comedy Howard called. Yeah. No, this was about he's a Puritan type of yeah. guy, like an X Files yeah. thing, and there's demons and witches and stuff in New England. It was yeah. pretty good. It was in well the, done in the, the comics. I remember. Uh, yeah, they would be the Savage Tales. Who was the, the artist who drew it? Was he was um, at my show. Uh, Wenzel. David Wenzel drew it. Oh yeah, uh, but er, first Tom the first ones were done. Um, was it Sutton? The hard I'm trying to think of the no. Well, he could have. I'm just saying, like the initial ones oh, that I remember Chaykin reading. Oh, was on some of them. Yeah, Chaykin, um and Moral, uh, boy, another artist who I, I've forgotten his name of. Oh, that um, uh, Al Zara. No, it was like one of the guys from the like the Krusty Buckers era of Neil oh. Adams. Studio. Yeah, well, I bought the trade. Yeah. It's, I've been they're mostly black and white, but there are some color ones. Like Roy did some adaptations of yeah. the books uh, by Robert E. Howard. Yeah, no, I remember that they also. It's funny. Like I don't know if you. I was going through my comic stuff looking for other other things. Yeah. And I ran across Thongor. Yeah, Thongor is one of the and barbarians. That's an early Conan yeah, yeah. type of thing. Yeah. Well, was that funny. because they didn't have the rights to Conan, so they came up with Thongor? I don't, no, Thongor was a, a property that they had the license. I think they Wait, couldn't. that was a book? Yeah. Oh, I, I think, think they made that, that like, up. No, I think it was it was a license. Thing. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they, there was another one, though, that was funny. It was um, back when DC, I guess it was done by Marvel when DC had the Edgar Rice Burroughs license. Oh, And it was uh, John, it, or Gulliver of Mars. John Carter of Mars. No, no, this was Gulliver Jones. I don't know who the hell that and, is. And Gulliver Jones, actually, Marvel... I don't know if it was if it was in public domain at the time. Steranko did the covers. Really, came out in the early seventies when Marvel again DC had the, the yeah, Edgar yeah, Rice Burroughs license yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff. But it oh, was uh, it was basically an interesting way of Marvel because Roy was the literary guy and right, he was right, the pulp right, right, guy. Right, right. Gulliver Jones hmm. predates John Carter of Mars and probably inspired John Carter of oh, Mars. Oh, it's not by Edgar Rice Burroughs. No. Oh, I thought it was, was written true. like ten years or twenty really? years before or something. Never heard of this. Or a couple of years before. Anyways, it existed yeah. before, and it very likely Edgar Rice Burroughs went, "Ooh, this I is." I could borrow this. Yeah. yeah. So again, but that's what I'm saying. Like when we were talking Where'd earlier, you this? the idea of the zeitgeist. Yeah, what's going and on? The contra- what what's happening is like stuff inspires. Nobody comes up with something out of nowhere. It's no. inspired by something they saw, something that happened, or a combination of something they saw, something they read, something that was. Well, published. like I said, Watchmen couldn't be done now because he had to be in the '80s to come up with that whole right. U.S. Russia well, thing. Well, especially and the, same thing the nuclear dark, stuff. Yeah, and the Dark the Knight nuclear, Returns. But I mean, the '80s were the yeah. no nukes concerts. Yep. The, the artists trying to ban nukes. The day after that was a big scary moment because you still had Russia and the U.S. and who's going to... Now it's actually scarier because more countries have nuclear weapons. Rogue countries with nuclear weapons. But I mean, that's the backdrop that you have, just like World War II being the backdrop for Captain America or whatever. Um, But yeah, so Gulliver Jones was virtually John Carter of Mars. Almost the same... What was this? A single issue or trade? They came out in issues of Again, it was like when Marvel was expanding in the early 70s. But they're DC books. 
No, Gulliver Jones was a Marvel. Oh, it is? Oh. That's what I'm saying. Marvel didn't have the license for Edgar Rice Burroughs. So Roy cleverly, just the same thing with Thongor and those other things, yeah, yeah, yeah. he would find other, the, huh. uh, through a literary agent or somebody who controlled it. Up. But Steranko did the covers for the uh, uh, Gulliver Jones. And they're, they're funny and fascinating in little context of knowing... Wow, that predated John Carter, yeah, yeah. you know. But well, it's the thinking, same concept. There's a guy from who winds up somehow traveling from Earth to Mars yeah. and winds up leading a revolt on Mars. The exact same, same concept. story. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of what other ones. Did you ever read the? Uh, the you might saw the TV movie. What was the one about the, uh, the the machines that come to life? It was a TV movie. The Forbin Project. No. That was the big computer that. No, this was about takes a, over the world. Killdozer. Uh, uh, Mm. I picked up the Marvel adaptation of that. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. in the Marvel Chillers right, or right, something. Right. That was like one of those ABC movie of the yeah, weeks about yeah, the no, I, giant bulldozer yeah. that was killing people. Robert Urich's in there. Yeah. I think Bo Svensson might have been the star. But you remember the Foreman Project, don't you? No, what is that? Is that the robot comes alive? That's a question. It was tapes. a gigantic, like one oh, of those big computers. Big computer, super yeah. computer. Yeah. I thought it was called something else. The Foreman Project. Do you remember the Quester tapes? Yeah. The guy had like no yeah. face. The robot. Trying I mean, to people. But again, that was all that time. That was that. But again, job. you Michael think of, you have to think of it in the context. Yeah, Andromeda strain. People worried about things. Robots taking over. Worried about robots because oh, suddenly there's a concept of West the supercomputer yeah. helping us get to the moon yeah. by making these complex calculations. Yeah, but all that. You're right. There was like five or ten years of all those stories, it's like silent running, all came out of the '60s stuff. with the the race to the moon, that mm-hmm. whole space race that influenced tons of. Did you ever see the movie Marooned? Yeah, but I'm saying you had Marooned. But you had Planet of the Apes came out of yeah. that in a way. You had a lot of space uh, stuff that obviously culminates in 2001, yeah. and then 2001 being a huge hit helps other space. I watched movies. a whole documentary about that, and they showed how they did the floating pen thing with the uh, piece of glass. Oh yeah, yeah, it's clever. And once you see that, you can never unsee. But it because it's totally like, clever. Yeah, but the woman, it's double stick tape, which was right. like a new thing back yeah. then, and she pulls it off the glass. But right. they said that you'll see when she takes it off. It's a, just a nanosecond it's yeah. stuck to it and she gives it a little tug yeah. instead of just like picking up a floating but they pen. didn't have uh, you know CGI video yeah. where you could freeze frame yeah but that was you're right yeah. it's practical effects it was actually done on a piece of glass it was really clever because it was a cool spinning. idea yeah, yeah. yeah. and you know, the camera's just turned on its side yeah. and that stuff that stuff amazes me and makes me so happy when I read about them yeah how they did all those effects go, wow that was really clever, clever. Yeah. yeah 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 I mean, and again, you forget that you can do stuff in camera yeah, cleverly yeah, yeah. and not have to spend money on CGI or whatever. No, no, no. Um, it's like when Kubrick's you watch nuts, though. I mean, you watch that documentary, and the guy's like, he's sitting right next to you, but you can't talk to him directly. You got to talk to the assistant. Like, right, right. Well, will you ask Stanley if he'll do this? And right, well, right. Mr. Kubrick, he's right there. I'm right. like, he could not not hear you, but he must have been such a kook. They just well, let him do. Someone what he on wants. Twitter was referring or made some comment about. Um, Eyes Wide Shut recently, yes. maybe yesterday when I was on Twitter, about how it's their favorite movie or whatever. Really? And I remember, I was like one of the worst. but I remember when that was happening. Yeah. You had Tom Cruise and, and Nicole Kidman who were at the deal. they were at the top the of their game at that time, box office wise. Yep. Both of them. Yes. And they had to work, commit to like over a oh, year. Oh, two years. That but I mean, initially yeah. it was like. So there's no other movies, right? No. And then they, I think they shut production. They did Days and of Thunder. And they resumed something, yeah. and then they had to go back to it. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, is is any art worth that much torture? Apparently not, because that movie didn't do well. I remember seeing but it. people going, love what it. Yeah. Maybe not everybody, but it's just funny that it's an indulgence. Because, well, it's what's today? Today's Thursday. Tomorrow, yes. David Fincher's Mank comes out on Netflix, and it's about... Herman Mankiewicz, who wrote oh, Citizen uh, Kane. Oh, Citizen Kane, yeah. Gary Oldman plays Mankiewicz. Oh, I heard about this and, the other uh, day, the young I was girl. Reading this, yeah. I was reading this document, or not document, it was a story about the making yeah, of the yeah, movie, yeah. and they were talking about how David Fincher's known for doing, like, you know, Animal. 50 takes. Oh, does he do? Yeah, yeah. Oh. And what, but, again, what was interesting was they talked to different actors who worked with him who still like him. Right. Yeah, they respected the fact that he was doing this. His point was, actually, the first for the first time, it was believable or understandable to me, like why you would do that. Like they'd say he would, you'd go through some complex thing where you're walking and talking, and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, 
you, nobody flubs their line, and he goes again. Yeah. And it's because he saw a wobble because he liked using tracking shots. Yeah, yeah. So his tracking shot is track tracking, and then suddenly there's a slight wobble. Oh, and that takes you out his of it. His point was, yeah, this That'll if you take, leave yeah. this in, it takes you out of it. Right. But what he was saying is, now that they have digital, there's um, oh, they could, software yeah. to st- digital stabilization yeah. Yeah. that he doesn't have to worry about. It. And he said it's like totally been freeing him. Oh, really? I didn't know from that. worrying about overly worrying about the technical mm-hmm. stuff so if he gets a performance that he likes he's good to go even if there's something else because yeah, he knows he can fix it, it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but he apparently it. helped spearhead this software yeah. which basically does it's an image stabilization, like stabilization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is kind of fascinating no remember like the guy in the Rocky right? movies when they thought of that camera oh, the yeah, first yeah. thing the cam? Yeah, yeah. the guy Rocky was running up the stairs right. like you could have done this but then a guy thought of a counterbalance yep. so as he's running the camera's yeah, never yeah. moving that's how but you I get mean, the, the, the thing that's interesting you're thinking about, like Kubrick was with The Shining, yeah. where he, if you watch the extras on the Blu-ray, but he drove Shelley He Duvall basically insane. tortured this poor woman. Yes, he did. I mean, really tortured. No, her. She had a break it down. was it was it was not oh, even yeah. just oh, I'm going to be bully. Oh, no, he was no, no, tortured, no. and he tortured her because number one, he hired the wrong actress. Yeah, and he tried to get a performance out of her that wasn't in her do. wheelhouse, but he got it by terrorizing her. Yeah, that's not right. No. So, you know, talk about no, that's like too um, and all this stuff uh, with sexual Martin That's Sheen. as bad to me. Well, that's, Martin Sheen had and, and a heart attack. Yeah, an apocalypse now. The guy was having a break. As a 30-year-old guy yeah. or whatever, having yeah. a heart attack he's from an, the pressure. Yeah, but he's alcoholic. He's having a crying fit. It was and they're, crazy. And they're making it. They're filming it the whole time. And and the, the same, this is something Hopeless, that comes, yeah. it does come up, is that people talk about this. It's like, how much suffering should you do? For your art? Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean... Traditionally, you draw with blood. No one knows that. It's a <laughs> little known fact that if you get Jerry's originals, I know. But you blood. know what? Squirrels are plentiful in my exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the thing is, it, it's like, should you? How much? How much is 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 how much torture is worthwhile? And that was always the thing with comics. What's become obsessive? Well, with comics, it's like if you were working with, if you were an artist working with a writer you didn't like, or a writer working with an artist where you're butting heads. Yeah. You can come up with good material, right. but what at what cost, and is it worth it personally? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, it's it's like there's too much skin in the game for that. You know, you don't really the comic if the comic was 95 percent of whatever it eventually was, that would be totally fine, and everybody would sleep at night. Mm-hmm. You know? No, we did. I did I mean, plays. You had Byrne and Claremont. Yeah. You had Neil Adams and Denny O'Neill. You yeah. Had, you've had. These tortured Kirby and 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 Stan, Stan Lee, Lee or yeah. Kirby, I mean Stan Lee and Ditko, Ditko Stan Lee, yeah. and anybody. Yeah. You know, there's there's these things where you go, is it worth it? And ultimately, having been in situations, it's not worth it because no. it's it's. But it's people not, don't know that they just see what's the the, the product that's yeah. produced and that left behind. But I that's remember a, that's a case on movies too. Is what I'm saying no, is no, that no, you no, have I a situation did. where someone probably goes in and knows it's going to be a hard role. Yeah. And they but feel you like they do, do that. all they do, but then they're still being tortured because of you, the director's But technical. you only do that. You can, I honestly think if you're smart, you only let somebody do that to you once. Yeah. Because when we were in plays in college, you'd get some of the directors that were like too full of themselves, yeah. and they would make us do stuff again yeah. and again. And then I remember this one kid, Dan, who was in all the plays. He's a big comic book guy. I still talk to him. He wouldn't, they wouldn't bother Dan. Yeah. And Dan was the lead in most of the plays, yeah. and he would come on and do his bit, and right. then he'd leave. But the rest of us, the guy would torture, like make it do it again, go home right. and practice it. Right. I want to see this tomorrow. And I sit there and talk to Sarnelli, and I go, Dan, why isn't he bothering you? Because he knows I'm not taking a shit. And I'm like, what? <laughs> he goes, he tried that with me, and I used to believe him. Yeah. But then you just come to a point where you go, look, that's as good as it's going to get. Yeah, yeah. If you don't want me to do it, get somebody else in here. But this is what you're going to get yeah. from me, and I'm not going to give you anything else. Because he would make us do yeah. scenes again and again and again, like for hours. And you'd yeah. be like, we know the dialogue, we know the scene. What aren't you seeing in this? Yeah. So he's like, I, I, it's not coming across. And then nobody in the audience would ever see right. it. But this guy was nuts. And then he died, this director's name was yeah. Dr. Anthony Watts, who was also Michael J. White. We all have this guy yeah, in common, yeah, yeah. and we talk about yeah, it. Yeah. I said, remember Mr. Watts? He goes, oh, that guy was nuts. Yeah, yeah. Now he can say that. But at the yeah. time when you're 17, 18 years no, old, under, you don't know. Yeah, you, have to follow you assume the that these elder yeah. guys know what they're he talking what about. Right, yeah. right. And now you look back and you go, that was such bullshit. Yeah, and yeah. I was talking to guy Dan. He goes, yeah, we were just toys for his amusement. Yeah. He literally was power tripping. And yeah. it was like, I could make these kids do whatever I want because yeah. they need to get a grade from me. And well, see, I, or not in drama, but I, I remember in high school 
first as a freshman at our high school, yeah. we they had a, a Olympic sized pool. Yeah. And instead of regular gym, your first year of high school was swim. Was swim. Yeah. Swim class. So you did all the swim stuff. You did relays. You did. You know, Backstroke, diving. You did. You know, yeah. I'm saying you race. Right. It was a very oh, really? competitive. Yeah. The guy who was running that class was was a sadist. No shit. He would. It was. It was the hardest. That was the hardest thing I ever did. Really. School wise. This guy would hit you, hit you with, you know, like a the foam yeah, board. Yeah, the noodles. Yeah. Not the noodles, with the the foam, the hard foam board that, like, a float board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. If you didn't dive correctly, or if you hit you with it, you would stand there with, your, you know, wet from the pool, yeah. and he would take this thing and whack you no, as hard as he could. On they the were back. Allowed, legally allowed back yeah. then. Nowadays, yeah. you'd be sued. No, it was, it, and it was like, in the back of the head. In the back, on your back. Oh, in your back. But you would get like welts. You would be red. Wow. This guy was nuts, and if you were not a natural, he would work you harder. So it's like this. Your version yeah, of the from, director from stage, Watts, yeah. you've got like the sports guy yeah. who was frustrated in life yeah. for some reason, or really liked torturing people. Yeah. Everybody's gone through something. Oh like yeah, that. no, 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 no. Oh, you I've know? had I had bosses like that. I remember and people this look the other way, and all it does is it, it empowers it enables, them to a degree yeah, 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 because yeah. that's the same as what, like you said, in Hollywood or yeah. Broadway or whatever. You have people who get away with being abusive, mm-hmm. and. There's all if especially if they have success, yeah. people will want to be in that aura, want to learn from them, and they'll just get sucked in. Yeah, I was thinking like talking about like movies mm. is that you if you're a big name actor, yeah. I always think of Burt Reynolds because Burt Reynolds was the biggest thing in oh, the, yeah, forever. Right, the yeah, 70s, yeah, 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 80s. Yeah. yeah, and at a certain point, he just worked with his own group of friends and yeah. they had fun. Yeah. and I think it maybe they came up with less. He could have been in better, more movies yeah, that were better more remembered. Critically acclaimed. But he yeah. spent 20, 25 years of his fame Having fun. working with people yeah. that he liked working yeah. with, and they had a fun environment. Yeah. And maybe they didn't make the best movies. No. But they made them good enough, and they made yeah. until they and stopped people, making money. Yeah. And there's something to be admired about that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he could have worked with any director he wanted mm-hmm. in the in the 70s, right? He was the biggest name, and he had a couple of bad experiences. And then he decided, oh, this guy, I like this guy, I like that guy. I mean, he famously got into a fight with the director on that Clint Eastwood, the city. Oh, city, city, Heat. Heat. city, Heat. yeah, yeah. Um, Did he really? Because I he broke that the movie, guy's jaw. That movie was supposed to be such a good movie, and then when we seen it, I remember everybody wanted yeah. to see Clint Eastwood and Burt Reynolds together. Because yeah, we friends. saw, yeah, they, we yeah. saw it opening day, and it just fell it's flat. Terrible. It's yeah, a terrible yeah. movie. And, and he I remember, got sued by the guy. Did he really? He, yeah, he broke his jaw. I did not know that. It's like some through a punch or something. But anyways, you know, you you can look at situations like and you say, yeah. okay, here's a guy who probably should get more credit for having created an environment that was creative, and he had his little ensemble that he used, and he would bring other people yeah, into yeah, yeah. it. Dom DeLuise and the, the Charles Durning, yeah. you know, people who are good actors yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff. But uh, um, instead of having to, you know, spend yeah. your 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 superstardom. Working there's under the thumb of, of somebody, you know. There's a lot of bullies. He's like, I want you to stand up in front of the crowd and sell this product like the salesman do. I go, well, I'm not a salesman. I'm a marketing guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to know it. And he torched me over a Christmas. I was like throwing up. He's like, if yeah. you don't do a great performance, you're fired. <laughs> and that's how nuts it was. It was like that Simon Cowell type yeah, yeah. of guy. But I remember that whole week of Christmas being tortured during the holidays. And I had to go home and learn all the software yeah. and everything it did. And then I had to stand in front of him. And in front of a bunch of people and present present the whole software. Yeah. It was insane. I mean, I memorized every bit of details about the software. And then he goes, "Okay, stop. Obviously, you know what you're talking about, but I shouldn't have come to this." And it was like no right. reason to right. do that right. other than to put me through torture. And to find out the reason why is because a friend of his said, "Oh, I don't think your marketing guy knows the software," uh, and that's all it took. And he made me an example. Right. And I was like. Instead of working on ads that I was supposed to be there for, yeah. he made me do a sales presentation. Yeah. And I was like, why is this happening? Yeah. That's, That's like what I told move. you about my other little bits where I'm expected to write comedy bits. No, right. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm not a comedy writer. I'm a, yeah. I don't know what the hell I am. Well, you know, in, in, but I just go along with it. But here's the, in comics, right? Yeah. When I was working on my very first regular series was All-Star Squadron. Yeah. 
I was supposed to be the finisher, which meant that yeah. you were more than the inker because you'd get like either rough pencils right. or whatever. You had to fix stuff. And Roy would constantly send notes with the pencils. Yeah. Change Robot Man to Liberty Bell. Yeah. Those are not... That's, that's, that's a pretty not, big change. But I'm that's saying a, those yeah. are not in the realm of even finisher technically. Yeah. You know? So And I was doing all this stuff. And he'd say, well, I'll pay you a couple... And he would like say I'll pay you you know how much this and then he would send me a check for 15 bucks or something yeah, 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 yeah. he wanted it done but, it, but ultimately it wasn't really my job right and that's happened for years in the seven, uh, in the old days when I remember we'd get, get together with other inkers and you'd talk about stuff and you'd go well what yeah, what's your big that. deal yeah. what's the oh we're getting pages where the penciler would send the page in because the deadline was creeping up yeah, and yeah, he hadn't finished yeah. drawing someone's hands yeah so you'd get a page to ink and there would be like, an arm would be yeah. unfinished and yeah. it's like we'll just do it it's like but that's that's not my job yeah not my that's job, a penciler yeah. supposed to draw that hand I'm inking it I'm not yeah. supposed to draw and ink that yeah. hand and it that seems, would happen a lot it did happen because people some people get away with it and the editor was just happy like oh the guy turned so the page in on Friday night yeah. we got it lettered It's and they don't there's no time in the deadline to take that page and send it back to the penciler because they want the penciler no, to press, do the next issue yeah right so that stuff happened all the time, and that's basically, that happens in regular jobs. Oh, everywhere. Yeah. All over. It's like somebody who, you know, winds up getting thrust into a position yeah, of more responsibility the than, their paid rate, right, right. Than, their, than their pay rate. But that exists everywhere. I know. You know, so in, 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 in the, for, from a penciler's point of view, it's an underwritten plot. And you have to fill in stuff, and then you're like, well, why am I not getting some writing a credit? writing credit, yeah. I have and to figure the story out. From the inker's point of view, there's no hands drawn or the head's not or whatever it is mm. something having to change something it's not my job and each stage you do it because there's another comic in the pipeline that you have to worry about next month and you in know? the case of Flash Gordon it's a movie that <laughs> nobody wanted to finish and know what the hell to do with it well again you know what's funny this is the first that's why we joked I was saying about Superman I didn't like Superman 2 yeah. and I didn't like it because it had that same sensibility it was like you can However you want to call this, I always felt like like the Selkines had a European view, yeah. which was not an the American view of audience. Superman. But yeah. it wasn't even an audience thing. It was like, oh, really? how do you approach, what what is what do you think this character uh, stands for, whatever, yeah. right? They had a different impression of that, clearly. And Donner is the one yeah. who fixed it? Donner mm-hmm. and, and um, the guy who rewrote it, uncredited, Mankiewicz, Mankiewicz. Yeah, Tom yeah. Mankiewicz. who is also... Related. Is he related to yeah, Citizen there was a Kane Mankiewicz? Yeah, I yeah. thought that when you said the and name. And also I'm Ben, like, who's on TCM. He's oh, a host on ben Turner Mankiewicz? Classic. Yeah. Oh, no shit. Yeah, like nephew or oh, grandson. Because when you said the name, I'm like, I wonder if they're related. Yeah, yeah but so the thing that's funny is those guys had the sense of American, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, but Donna had done all those 60s TV shows. Yeah, but I mean, they, folks they had... Folks Ameri- the like had, Beverly Hills, right, Billy's. When they, when they approached it, they, had, they approached it with the... Norman Rockwell yeah, right, right. kind of feel which was perfect for that you know these other guys didn't understand speaking that speaking of that I just which is, Norman... that's why that first one to me is so good is because the sensibility's right mm. you know I mean I, they... went to, I just went to the Norman Rockwell Museum up in uh, Stockbridge, Massachusetts two weeks ago we drove up there yeah, yeah. and they have all his original paintings from the Saturday Evening Post and such like that and uh, see he did a lot of stuff that you don't see he did a lot of race riot paintings and stuff that was going on in the 60s. Yeah, he but worked for Look magazine. Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah, yeah. A lot of yeah. the stuff that you just don't, you always yeah. think of him as like, oh, the little kid with the freckles and but he fish did, in holes. There's and, one, and, I mean, he did one with the astronauts that was, that's pretty classic too. Like yeah, the, that was uh, up there too. Yeah. They, had, they had a room that had all the covers. Yeah, he was kind of like a, he was a painter journalist. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, really yeah. his, his, his entire career is tied what to did I the tell? decades. It wasn't well, just all pastiche or, it, or nostalgia. So they have some of the they have so the originals up there. So I walked by this one which I had never seen before, and I stopped and I looked at it and I said, "Oh!" And I started noticing the elements that I don't think the average person would pick up on right away. It was about a barber shop, oh, right. and you're looking through the window yeah. inside the barber shop, yeah. and they're in the back room, and they're doing like a. Um, like a, a barbershop quartet or something. Right. Or, no, they're singing, they're playing instruments or something, right? right? And the way the lighting's coming in. So I'm noticing how yeah, yeah. the light comes in there. And where there's there comics in there. the background. And there's comics off to the side. So, of course, I look in the thing to see what, if I can tell what comics they are. And then I notice, I go, oh, there's like, you know when there's a piece of broken glass? There's like a crack. Yeah. 
that in the picture he painted a crack. Yeah. So then you suddenly realize you're supposed to be looking through right, the glass, right, right, right. To, you know, to do it. Yeah. So I caught that, and then I caught the light bouncing off the barber shop, the, yeah, yeah. the, the metal, and it reflects back. So, so I'm doing all this stuff, and I just, like I said, I stopped because it had comic books in it. Right. So the curator comes up to me. He's like, "Do you like this painting?" I'm like, "Yeah." It's nice. It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. I could do better. I, could, I can't even see the numbers underneath where he painted it. And he goes, well, you know, this is from the private collection of Mr. George Lucas. I go, oh, okay. I'm like, oh, please don't try to tell me about who George Lucas is. You know, I've been right, to his right, place. Right. And the guy goes, oh, yeah, Mr. Lucas owns most of the paintings here. At, he and Spielberg he is, drove Spielberg. the market up for those paintings. I know. Yeah. And I'm, they bought them all. Yeah. And then they, they're, they're people that put the money together to redo the museum yeah, yeah. so he's telling me about George Lucas he goes well the George Lucas museum I go yeah the one that was going to be in Chicago but he wants it in San Francisco now it's going to be in Los Angeles he goes oh it's not in Chicago I go, no it's in Los Angeles oh when did that happen I go oh earlier this year they reannounced it <laughs> and I'm telling him all the stuff he's like oh really this thing goes if you notice here I said yes the piece of broken glass here that gives it the perception that this and that and Sharon's just sitting there listening and after he the guy goes, I didn't know that. I go, yeah, and if you look here, you can tell this and this and that. Oh, I didn't know that either. And he walks away. She just shakes her head. She goes, you had to do that, right? I go, what? She goes, the guy's job is to be the expert in the paintings. And you show up and you tell him all about George Lucas. And you tell him all about So now he painting. can then tell so, the next person. So he can tell the, the next guy. Right. Hey, you're not splitting the money with right. me because he's not doing his job. You schooled him. I schooled him. That's right. And she goes, well, I said, you know, I do have a degree in this art history and stuff. And you know, I like if someone well. opens up a conversation with you, then they deserve yeah, they're, it. They're deserving. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, wait, let me tell you something about George Walt and Lucas, buddy. I know more about George Lucas than you do. He was born May 15th. His sisters are here. His father owned a coffee shop. Well, I'm doing the Kennedy thing again. Yeah, yeah, Every time there. we do this on the show lately, it's like, oh, it's part of the show where Mitch slips into it. And when I return, George Lucas and the spaceship are gone. Ask not what you could do for George Lucas. No, it's, it, George but those Lucas. guys, I remember that hearing that they had driven the market up because they oh, were yeah, both buying time. up the because yeah. they had money to burn yeah you know not John Byrne that's a different story no but they uh, I think they were buying them from a lot of the stuff went through uh, Illustration Illustration House which was Walt yeah. Reed well a lot of and, these uh, were presents to people yeah so he's well, there's, he there's inscriptions yeah, yeah it's like to Jerry thanks for all the support your yeah, friend yeah. Normie and it's like but they're there like he bought them from someone like well that guy's probably dead and the family's like oh we got a Norman Rockwell how much is it worth I still and I told you this and I probably told I don't know if I told this before but my favorite Norman Rockwell is still beating up a kid no it's the it was uh, some artist in Connecticut who is like a neighbor who is also a commercial artist yeah was friends with Norman Rockwell he gifted a painting famous painting to Rock from Rockwell to this guy oh okay and this guy got divorced and the yeah. painting had to go. Yeah. Right? And uh, they the, cut it in half. It was at, I think it might even have been at the Rockwell Museum. Rockwood, uh, Rockwell, Rockwell Museum. Museum. Yeah. And the Rockwell Museum always had like issues. They'd look at it and they'd compare it to the printed one and they'd be kind of like, why is this a little bit different? Oh, and really? They couldn't figure it, it was out. fake. Well, the guy, this artist who had gotten, right, and who got divorced. Yes. What he had done was he had painted a copy of it. No way. And he built a false wall in his house to hide the original. No shit. So that he could, because he didn't want to give it up to in the divorce. Wife. He yeah. knew that if it was through the divorce, he'd have yeah, to yeah, sell yeah, it. Yeah, he didn't yeah, want to sell yeah, it. Yeah. So he painted a copy of this painting. Yes. Line for line copy. No kidding. And they kept the original in like a little double wall yeah, area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which didn't get discovered until after he died. Oh, no kidding. And then the, the kids are looking at it going, whoa, what the hell? Yeah, right. So it explained it because then when it was, you know, the, the museum, could this be like, real? Yeah. They yeah, were yeah, like, yeah, yeah, this matches the print, you know, the Saturday yeah, 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 evening post yeah, yeah, yeah. perfectly. Oh, that's totally funny. So I just think that's interesting that you were good enough to paint a, a copy, a, a passable copy for even a museum well, to have. I remember, here's the best one. I was in uh, 1992 or three. My boss, Peter Anderson, says, it's the office supply company. We sold the schools. And he goes, school teachers love Norman Rockwell. It's American. I go, yeah, okay. Go call up the Norman Rockwell Museum and see how much it costs to license a famous Rockwell's painting about schools. And we're going to put it on the cover of the next catalog that we sell to the school market. They'll eat it up. I go, okay, sure. So I called up the Norman Rockwell thing. How much does it cost to license a, a thing? For, how much the print run? Oh, two million print run. Oh, okay. When's this going to go? I know all the details. Yeah. And they go, oh, it's like $100,000 for one-time use. And they said, so I call them back. Hey, Pete, 
You sitting down? Yeah. How much is it? Ten bucks? Twenty bucks? Hundred? I said, no, a hundred thousand dollars. What? Yeah. He goes, you could draw, right? Yeah. Draw like Norman Rockwell. Oh, that's I go, the one you it's, did. That's then. the one I yeah, did. I go, well, it's not that easy, Pete. He goes, you got till the end of the day. So I had to go and take pictures of Sharon, and I'm over there did with my. Did he give you more money for it? Or any money? No. For it? So maybe, it was just on your. I, I just so had to draw. He was willing to pay at least a hundred bucks. He should have. I know he should give me the hundred bucks. Yeah. But it's just so funny because I was thinking like it's like oh. Uh, Jerry, uh, you know how to draw, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. draw like Picasso today. Right, right. Uh, wait, Jerry, you draw like Michelangelo. <laughs> so you had to shift gears, and I was like, I'm drawing cartoons one day, and next day I'm drawing like Norman Rockwell, and this and that. All but, the job, the job description. But the thing is, I didn't know how Norman Rockwell worked because this is 1990. There's no internet, so I was taking Polaroids, and I was just taking pictures right, of people right. in the office and have them do faces, yeah. and then I would just draw the faces, yeah. and I had to just paint yeah. it and stuff. And that's what they said he did there. He had the same models because now when you look at those pictures, you go, hey, that's the same guy. What he used, neighbors the, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the guy that's at the dining room table for the Thanksgiving who's also in the shot with the right. labor unit. And then they have this famous jacket where the guy's like freedom of speech, where the guy stands up, he looks like Henry Fonda right, or something. Right. There's the jacket right. the under case, and there's the guy, a photo of the guy because he was his next-door neighbor. It's right. like, hey, Billy, uh, and that's like Alex Ross. You know there's a Sal book. Sal Abernathy is... He, but he did... Rockwell did a book in the 60s, I did How I Paint. Well, how I, I picked up, I picked up a copy. I didn't know it existed. I found it at a book sale. And it sale. shows how His he did it? process, yeah. Oh, really? And it shows how he it's did like, the photos? Yeah, it's stuff? like the how-to. No kidding. Yeah. What I mean, was he? Used he, to, he was oils, of, right? Yeah, he was one of, but he was one of the first guys to use photographs oh. as opposed to having a live posed model. Because that Because he was a, part of the younger generation. Like yeah. John J.C. Leyendecker, he would use live models. Yeah, yeah. And then he would paint the models would show up and he would paint. Yeah, yeah. That's why they did studies. So the study was like his Polaroid. Like yeah, yeah. He would have the model come in, he would paint a study of just a figure. Yeah. And then he would then use he the, the study. Yeah. The model could maybe came back or not, but yeah. he'd have that study and he'd just put oh. that into the composition. But they also had a Rockwell lot of... Rockwell was criticized back in the, you know, whatever, doing the that? 30s, 40s for using photographs. Oh, they said that was, he wasn't taken seriously to like the 50s yeah. or something. I'm like, oh, really? But they had these other folks work there besides Norman Rockwell. Yeah. And they had a lot of the World War II propaganda stuff. I was like, oh, look at that. Like, yeah. you know, but what are you going to do? They had the we should try to, books. seriously, as a, we should do a podcast about it. But if the, I don't know if that New Britain Museum, Art Museum, oh, yeah, is still, has the, the one that had the um, yeah. uh, pulp stuff. Because they had oh, gotten yeah, that. I was trying to get it, them to do something for Trevor. I'm saying that a couple of years ago they had the pulp show, which mm-hmm. was a traveling show. And I think that they permanently are host to that pulp exhibit. Isn't the if that American museum Heritage? is still open? It was right in downtown yeah, New Britain, right near Central, right, right off the highway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they had all the old stuff. They had like pulps, Tarzan pulps from the you know nineteen eighteen, nineteen sixteen up through the thirties, the shadow and yeah, the originals. I, I took the kids to the one that was in like two thousand four, maybe it was up in Hartford. I don't know. It was at the Wadsworth Museum. But was it the pulp it was, show? Yeah, because they had all the comics, and they showed Connecticut's history, and they had a whole room full of comic stuff. I well, remember this the wasn't comics. This was no, this was pulp, com- this pulp covers. So it yeah. had all the science fiction pulps. They had the, no. the J. Allen St. John. It was some guy's collection of pulp paintings. Yeah. So the original Tarzan oh, pulp huge. covers yeah. uh, this J. Allen St. John. No, 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 no. I didn't inspired see Inspired Frazetta's. I mean, you could see that. And the, the science fiction stuff, the robots, and mm. the, the, like I said, the shadow, tons of shadow, Raphael DeSoto. They were really cool. Uh, Norm Saunders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These were like, and they're huge, these huge paintings for, they were done, reduced yeah, down yeah, to little, little tiny digest size. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that would be, I'd, I'd definitely like to look at that. That museum also had a, they had a Rockwell, I think, in there, but they had a, um, they also had a, a in the on the different floor mm. in their permanent collection, mm-hmm. they had oh, what was the? Uh, it wasn't pulp stuff. It was uh, what? Rapes? I'm trying to think of this. The dean of Dean Cornwell, who was like a again somebody who inspired Rockwell, just yeah, like yeah. J.C. Landegger. But Dean Cornwell would do these gigantic historical paintings that mm-hmm. could be like, you know, five feet Oh, yeah, there's four the, the feet. New, Yale, New Haven has yeah. huge ones like that. That um, guy, John Trumbull or something, or John Wayne, oh, he would do the, the, yeah. the landscapes yeah, of yeah. like the American... Turnbull? Yes. Turnbull? The, yeah, that's the guy from um, Jonah Hex. But... Uh, I don't think it was Trumbull. It was it? Trumbull. Was it? Yeah. Okay. The guy that does the pictures like Washington right. and all that, that's John Trumbull. Because okay. it always kills me because I'm like, how many John Trumbulls are there? Oh. 
But no, if you go to the... Uh, Maxfield Parish, that's what they had. They had a nice Maxfield Parish, which was actually kind of small, but it was really no, cool No, but if you ever at. go down to New Haven, you just walk and it's free. You walk right in yeah. off of Chapel Street, and there's the Yale Art Gallery, and they have these massive paintings yeah. that are huge, like you said, five or six feet well, long. Well, like, you know where else is there? Wow. Again, it's like, it, I know people aren't going places now. No. But, but the Society of, Society of Illustrators Society has Illustrators. an amazing permanent collection, and they have a restaurant and a bar in there. I don't know if they I still don't think have that's open. This thing, but I'm just saying, like it, it, it was a really neat place. Plus, they, well, they had a lot that of big Spider-Man stuff. collection. Yeah, last they've year. had the yeah. well, they had they had that uh, Marvel thing. They mm-hmm. had, they've had every year they had had something. But there's that's the stuff that I I mean I could say I miss it, but then I didn't do it a lot yeah, yeah, when yeah, I yeah, had yeah. the opportunity. No, the Society of Illustrators. Yeah. Yeah. It's on like, I think it was like 59. Yeah, it's almost midtown. Yeah. Well, when this is all over, hopefully things will be But back. the New Britain thing, I definitely would like to see if they have that pulp, because it was really amazing. Yeah. It was like a whole room. We, I think I went with uh, my friend Eric Peterson. We went up there, and we got there like 1, and they closed at 4 or something yeah, on yeah. Saturday. Like at 4 or 5, and we were just like, oh, we, we didn't get to spend enough time, because yeah, yeah, looking yeah. at the pulp thing was so huge, and then when we saw the... You know the regular exhibit stuff. It was like wow, because mm. when you look at a painting, you look at the paint strokes and all that, and you go, "Whoa!" You can yeah. see how it's made. Yep. You know, but the same is true. Like I said, with the when they at that Society of Illustrators when they had the Marvel thing, they had um, really neat pieces that some of them, like the Spider-Man one, that that's came from the guy who bought all of Ramita's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Ramita Man. Uh, but the other one came from multiple sources, and it had, you know, like there was a Walt Simonson Hulk magazine cover painting that he did. Oh, I know and, that one, uh, the black one with his fist up in the air. Yeah. It's got like that rainbow yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they had like a, a early, a bunch of early Kirby stuff and, and all mm. that. It was really cool. And there's nothing to, I mean, you really don't get that at a comic convention, unfortunately. No, no, no. no. You know, unless well, you we look at gonna, art dealers. We were trying to get the Jumbo Sema. Art. Yeah. But that was a fiasco. They got stuff stolen from them. That's what I was worried about. I told you about that, right? I Pieces read about missing. that. Yeah. But was it stolen from I don't know. being exhibited or was it stolen no, from storage? No, they never storage? had exhibit storage. Yeah. But she wanted to bring all the pieces in and show a terrific comp. But I was worried about security. I was like, I'm not going to be responsible for hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of original jumpsuit Well, quite honestly... Art. When we had talked about the they Batman been, thing, I was telling yeah. you, I, I would oh, feel awkward pages, about yeah. taking those pages and having them out there unless well, you had the, somebody watching them all well, the time. The only good thing about Mohegan is like that 24-hour surveillance. Yeah. You put them in a room with the cameras everywhere and a guard, they're not going to touch it. But, yeah, out of sight, out of mind. Like even when um, Sal or Vinny Zerullo leaves his Action Comics 1 when he goes oh, to New York yeah, yeah. for New York Comic Con, yeah. he's like the, the, the best copy of it in the world. It's worth $2 million. Do so you like, think they pay him to exhibit it? I think it's just a, an attraction, isn't it? Wouldn't I mean, you want to get paid if you had the best copy yeah. of Action Comics? You, they Maybe say, they hey. give him his booth for free. Yeah, but that's, is that worth a booth, a free booth? I don't know. He's always there, though. It right just feels kind of like uh, that's a story. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, oh, we got the Mona Lisa. Yeah, well, I don't you know. know. Anyway, we're going to wrap this one up here. I could go watch or talk about Flash Gordon tomorrow and how great it is. <laughs> Are you going to rewatch it before? No, no. I watched look, it once. You know what I, you that's should it. do. I'm never going to watch it. Again. You should find if yeah, you don't Raymond. have it, find the uh, Al Williamson adaptation that they did for Marvel. I do have it. Scott Martin gave me the uh, book. It wasn't for Marvel. Oh, and it was yeah, right. It was it was actually Dell. Or yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. He up. gave me the three pack, which actually is worth some money. People are like, oh, those were hard. yeah. Believe it or not, the sealed comics. No, the three pack series. Because I thought adaptation. it was one one book. There was three separate issues too. Well, I have. Yeah, I guess I you have, have the collection. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. yeah, that's nicely done. No, the the yeah. it's better than the movie. Yeah. But so the, there's your positive. You say if you it's look better at the, than the artwork. Movie. If you look this, at the artwork in the comic, it's, it's much better, better than the movie. No, I think that's sealed in a package. It's about fifty, sixty bucks, maybe. So they came out as individual comics. Yeah, and then they were yeah. polybagged. Yeah, I think in the direct market um, at that time, I remember getting them at the comic store, getting oh. the collection. Oh. Yeah. Well, there you go. All right, that's about it. Say goodnight, Gracie. Goodnight.